probiotic. Hey everyone, welcome back to Reading with Celebrities. I'm Lindsay. I'm Tiffany. And it's a little check-in for us today. Yes, uh, last week was um, What Looks Like Crazy on an Ordinary Day. That was our discussion on that, which is a really good one. We both really liked it. That's right. I'm all, for the moment, I was like, what did we talk about last week? You know what I almost said? I almost said that um, Heart is a Lonely Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> And that was a long time ago. That was. We're coming up on a on a year. Yeah, I think June first was our premiere. Mm-hmm. So. Cause like May something we uh, did the trailer. Yeah. Well. So how's it going? Sorry. Oh god. <laughs> oh god. My entire body revolted against me. Yeah. Um. It's good. Been kind of busy but I don't really know with what like just life just like yeah like I feel like I'm kind of hitting the like the end of winter beginning of spring reading slump I I did finish seven husbands okay finished seven husbands and then I got history of wild places by Shay Earnshaw and I started that but I haven't gotten very far into it just because like I said it's been reading slump and busy and um and then I went to go find Light in August, which is our new Oprah. And my library doesn't carry the ebook. Oh, lovely. And it carries two physical copies, and both are checked out. And I was like fifth in line for both of them. And I was like, what? It's the person. There's it's somebody person. out there. Yeah. There's somebody out there that's reading our books before us. all of them. Yeah. So I had an audible credit, so that's going to be an audio book. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, I hope I don't make the same mistake that I made with the last book because right now the ebook for Light in August says that it's available for download. So I'm obviously, I don't want to download it right now. I want to wait until I'm ready. But yeah. remember what happened last time with that. Oh, yeah. 70 people got it all at once. Yeah. Um, so I think we're about three or four weeks from that one. So I try to wait until we're two weeks out. Yeah, I'm gonna try to do like not like not like sprints, but like listen to little bits of it. How long is day. it? Fifteen hours. Oh god, so it's like a that was great expectations, wasn't it? Fifteen and a half hours. Yeah. Um Oh my gosh, I just realized I pulled it up. Sorry. And Light in August is narrated by Will Patton, and then the next title on my audible list is killers of the flower moon which i have been told by our friend becca who totally exists and is not made up she really do- you'll meet her one day guys soon um but will Patton also narrates that so now i'm kind of wondering if i have other things by him <laughs> that i've listened to and just not realized what is that other book about because it does sound familiar killers of the flower moon is a true crime for okay. real true crime this time yes. she, she not like last time yes yes it's the osage murders and the birth of the fbi yes um she, she did text us about that i want to say she was the one who told me that it should be required reading so Ooh, I, I think like i think she was the one who told me that 
sorry, Becca, if it wasn't you and it was somebody else. And sorry to the other person who told me that and I'm not remembering <laughs> if that happened. If that even happened, I don't even know if that happened. Oh, that's funny. But, um, but yeah, and then yesterday I went to for social media fit influencers, Meg Squats. She's like a big power lifter and stuff. And she's actually based out of Fort Worth. Her and her husband and her companies are out in Fort Worth. And she put on a squat workshop, a barbell squat workshop. And so I was lucky enough to snag a ticket to that. So that's where I was like almost all of yesterday. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. And it was one of those things where like you meet a person in real life and you're like, oh, you actually are kind of nice. And like, yeah. Like yeah, welcoming like a, to everybody and yeah. and so um I was excited because I've been having um like like my mom wants to get into strength training, my sister, my aunt, like I've had a bunch of people come to me and say, like, Oh yeah, you 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 know, you strength train, what do you do? Oh but um she actually had just announced that they're they're like beginner strength training before the barbell program, which was originally I think like 15 bucks 20 bucks like she's making it free so everybody can can get into it because she's really big about women doing strength training and stuff so yeah as soon as she announced that at the thing I was like side texting like everybody I know like hey this thing's gonna be free is it online Mm -hmm. so if you follow if you follow the Instagram for the program they'll be posting like week one here's what you should do and then week two I think it's like eight weeks that's cool and then it's supposed to help get your stamina up for it get your strength up so that and your form making sure your form's good so you can eventually yeah start lifting heavy but it was fun it was really nice it was um you know there's for good reason gyms and stuff kind of get that like gym bro stereotype like they're kind of intimidating and everybody there was like super nice super encouraging you know cheering for each other so it was it was just it was really really nice that's cool yeah fun um so that's where my reading day yesterday went because then I came home and I saw your post and I was like that's nice it yes and no because it was actually really windy Mm -hmm. so like my book like at some point I was like I can't I can't hold this book outside it's like it's not working um yeah like I couldn't enjoy it because like the wind would just like you know blowing everywhere um but how you mentioned like you're kind of in a reading slump I'm like, this is my favorite time of year to read when you can start going outside and, like, lay by the pool. But then I was like, but I'm also in a reading slump. Mm-hmm. Like, did you see what book I started? Saw you reading Broken Monsters. Yes. Because I went to go update our our Instagram at Reading with Celebs um, profile with, like, where we list, like, oh, yeah. Oprah book and then our individual books because I wasn't sure what you were reading. Uh-huh. And what looks like crazy on an ordinary day was like such a huge title. It took up the majority of the characters we could use. Oh no, I hate so that. So I, so I knew you had finished your last book, so I had just removed yours, and then I was updating it today, and then was like, "What was she reading?" I looked, and I was like, "Oh, nice, Broken Monsters." Yeah, it's uh, I'm not very far in it because again, I think too, I'm like, I don't know if it's a slump. I don't know what it is. I hope it's not. Um, cause I was on a, I'm on a roll this year, mm-hmm. um, but I'm traveling this week. So I'm hoping like being on a plane and stuff and in a hotel room, like I'll want to read more. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. I'm traveling twice 
this month. So I'm hoping those both times I'll those travels. Yeah, I'll get that. Hopefully the um the one for the last week in April that I'm traveling, I'll read I'll be reading late in August. So but yeah, um, and I finished, I don't think I've talked about it, but I finished the selection, the first book. I think you did. I don't remember if I talked about that. You said it was like The Bachelor meets royalty. Yes. Are you going to read the series or are you just going to? I kind of, I kind of at least want to read the second one because the way the first one left off, I was like, well, that's not satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. So I might just read the second one to kind of get through that part. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a quick read, though. And I've been reading, like, because I was like, it would make for a great TV series. Um, well, especially AKA, now, like, look at, like, Bridgerton. Yeah, it's so exactly. popular. And um, I haven't watched the first couple of episodes, but I caught the end of an episode from The Gilded Age. And I was like, oh, this is actually... Yeah. Decent. Yeah, my mom likes that one. The costumes are, like, gorgeous. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, I like, what I was reading is it, it looks like there's always been talks, because this series is a pretty old series, that um, there's always been talks about it, just nothing ever gets picked up. So then it just makes me think that it, maybe it's just not worth it to do that one. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. What did you think of Seven Husbands? So, I liked Daisy Jones a lot more. Yeah. Um, that, the ending, the ending where Celia died, and then the part where she was talking about... Um, when Evelyn was talking about like being there for her daughter going through cancer, those two scenes saved that book for me because I yeah. was ready to give it a low three stars. Yeah. Um, I found like, I wasn't, I wasn't rooting for Evelyn and Celia at all. Oh, I found I, Celia to be so annoying. So annoying. I, that was, that was my thing. That's what I wanted to talk about with it is I was not rooting for their love story at all. Mm -mm. I did not find I did not find them their chemistry. I didn't see them because um, I knew I think I had read a spoiler that her her true love was a woman. So I was like, okay, cool. And I thought it was going to be like announced like closer to the end. But you find out early on like that's who her true love is. And I was like, oh, I didn't. This is not who I thought it was going to be with. Like I didn't feel their chemistry. I see. I think part of the problem was I, I kind of guessed it right at the very beginning. I found Monique to be really insufferable too. Oh yeah, she's not a great. She was she was super annoying. Like the whole time where she was like, I'm like you were given being you were being given the chance of a lifetime mm -hmm. to to write this, and yet you're so like, oh, what am I doing? Like I, yeah. I found her to be really annoying, and I I just preferred the parts where it was. Evelyn's story like that's I and for I, me for me I didn't I didn't need that twist about her dad I found that no. to be a little unnecessary yeah because you because you know that there's got to be something because she knows who she is she knows yeah. who Monique is so we're like okay there's something that she knows 
Um, I just, I, I loved being in Evelyn's head when we were learning about her other husbands. Like I, I enjoyed that so much. Like I wanted to keep reading when it would jump to like Monique's little part where you're finding out more just about the interview. Like if it was just a story of Evelyn Hugo's life, I think I would have just enjoyed it so much when you're in her thoughts and when she's telling the stories, I just, I was like, I could see this being an actress in our time. Like there are, there are actresses that have gone through multiple marriages. Yeah. So it re like what said recently got picked up for, for Netflix movie. I think it needs to be a series. I think it needs to be a series I think they need a chunk per husband. Oh, you could easily do an episode per husband. It would be so much better. Like it would just flesh out the story more. Yeah. And you could learn more, like even two episodes for some husbands that she had like longer relationships with, you know, you could easily make this into a series instead of a TV show. I just, or a, a movie, because I think putting two hours into all of that, that you read is just, you're not doing it justice for a great story. Yeah. I think for me it was, well, then I was trying to figure out because I was, I was worried about, I'm worried about casting because I hate it. I hate it when they do a book and they're like, this is this like the most beautiful woman you've ever met. And then you they cast somebody and you're like, her? Like, yeah. Or him? That's who you, you picked? But then yeah. I saw somebody say Ana de Armas, who was in She's in Knives everything Out. right now. She's be- so at first I was like, oh my God, she's gorgeous. This could work. She's she's also, um, I think she was a Cuban. Evelyn was Cuban American. Yeah. So she's also Cuban. And I was like, but I don't know about the blonde. But then she's playing think, Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, that's why. And, and it was perfect. I was like, you can't, you can't cast anybody else. I, but I think that would be the issue is because she's already playing Marilyn. And then to have her play, I know Evelyn Hugo's not a real person. I think that would be my only issue is that she's, since she's already playing Marilyn. Um, but yeah, I, I could see someone like her, I think would be a good person. Yeah. And then somebody else said, um, Oh, no, I can't remember who it was for Celia, but but I think for for me it was just like I just, I, I felt like Celia was so infuriating. I just I didn't like how she treated Evelyn the whole time with their relationship. No, because I'm like, sitting there going, if this were if that were a man doing the same thing, and this was their secret relationship, everybody we would be like, he's manipulative, mm-hmm. he's you know emotionally abusive, he's this, he's this, he's this. But well, and. During this time when this was happening, um, being in a same-sex relationship was not acceptable. And 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 Evelyn called that out a couple of times where she yeah. was like, you know, you don't get it. Like, yeah. this blows up in your face. You run back to your family who's got money and can take care mm-hmm. of you. And you've got siblings that'll, t- like, open up their homes yeah. to you. I've got nothing to go back to. Yeah. That's when I, when I first, I think it's. Whatever episode that I discussed this in, I was like, there's there's so much I want to talk about. Because it was that. I was like, am I wrong for not wanting this relationship to be a love story? Like, I was not rooting for it at all. I was like, this is not a good relationship. It's not a healthy relationship. The way they treat each other, both of them. And then at the end, they still end up, like, having this, like, I don't know how much you would call it a happily ever after since Cecilia died or whatever. But I just was like... Also... Becca, if you're listening to the spoiler alerts, because I think you're listening to, I think you're listening to the book right now. I think she might have finished it already. I'm not sure. 
Oh, last I checked, she was like on page 69. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'll send her a text and don't tell her if she hasn't listened to this. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Yeah, for me, know. it was just, it, but it was the scenes at the end where she was talking about like being there for Cecilia and then going over to, um, is his name Harry? Yes. For the entire time in my head, I was like, Henry. And I was like, it's not Henry. Um, Harry's grave and crying over there and like yeah. that scene and then talking about how like having to take care of her daughter like that that little ending saved that book for me yeah because like I said otherwise I was ready to like I, I really wasn't going to start recommending it to people the way I recommend Daisy Jones yeah I I think I think how I looked at it was I because I think when I was reading it, again, and it could be different to Audible versus reading the physical book. I don't know how the voices were for the characters. They, they, they were good. Like, yeah. it was it was well done. Um, I just, I think when I was reading about each of her husbands, I had a really hard time putting the book down. Um, I just was like, I have to accept the fact that I'm not going to enjoy the ending because I know the ending I'm assuming is going to be her falling in love or them if they have a good if they end up being together I was mm-hmm. like if they don't end up being together I was like I might actually like this book more because I just didn't think it was realistic the way their entire relationship was over the years I was like I don't think it's realistic that they're together I've heard like I think part of it was I wish I wish that had come like the reveal that they were in love had come a little bit later on Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it was just, it was very obvious from the beginning where it was like, when, when, when Monique walks in for the first time and she, she sees the movie poster for Little Women and she automatically is like, oh, you know, you see Evelyn, you also see Celia St. James. Like those two stick out. Mm-hmm. Also, Evelyn does a lot of, um, donations to like lgbtq yeah organizations so i was like okay it's gonna be those two like yeah and you know like yeah not that twist but like that's gonna be who her true love is yeah and you know because again you i knew before i read the book that her true love was a woman um but as soon as you they also start when they meet they almost have like a hate relationship like Mm -hmm. and so you're just like okay it's like a enemies to lovers type thing so i I wish they would have made it more of a a surprise of who it was. Um, but then again, I, knowing early on and seeing their relationship, I was like, I don't see how this works. This is not no. a good relationship. I would have liked, instead of having Monique there, I would have liked for it to alternate between, like, Evelyn, Celia, um... In, like, Harry's point of view. I loved Harry so much. Or have, like, little snippets from each of her husbands. Like, a little... Yeah, I would have liked to see, like, their points of view. Because, I, it's... for me, Harry was my favorite character. Oh, he was the best. He was my favorite, too. Um, I think maybe having Cecilia's point of view, then I would have maybe felt different. Yeah. Because the way I saw it, I was like, she's not that great of a character I don't and she's not treating her very nice and 
you don't get to decide when somebody else wants to come out. You don't. And then I also didn't like how like basically like biphobic she was where she was just like oh you've been in a relationship with men since we broke up yeah. with oh, yeah. men and then when Evelyn finally was like you had relationships with other women so how is this any different she's like but it was a man and it was just kind of like yeah. mm, don't she like just, that either she, she always just like put Evelyn down for having relationships and I'm sorry y'all aren't together You're, she's allowed to do what she wants was, she, yeah, yeah. like I if not- I for me, it was like, if Evelyn were my friend, like if you if you came to me and you were like, there's this person I love, we've been on and off again, and they've been saying this, this, and this, I'd be like, Tiffany, do not be with this person. Yeah. That is manipulative, that is toxic. Exactly. Like you can find somebody who who uplifts you rather than yeah, I shouldn't, puts you down. You shouldn't feel miserable after being with that person. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's, I, I'm telling you, from the moment I finished the book, I was like, I have so much to say because I enjoyed the story. I loved learning about her husbands. I loved it. It was such a great thing. And you found out, like, why she was married seven times. It had a lot to do with her career and to mm-hmm. make her career better. It was never, like, being in love. And, like, even with Harry, I was like, I love this so much. Yeah, Harry, um, I actually I actually really liked, I think it was Rex. Was it Rex North who he she just straight up was like, This is a business marriage. Oh yeah. <laughs> We're gonna be doing this. Um yeah. here's the, here's you can the do what you want as long as you're discreet. I'm gonna do what I want as long as I'm discreet. And then yeah. later on she was like, We need to we need to figure out a divorce. And he was like, Yeah, I actually did fall in love with somebody and she's pregnant. So yeah, I gotta go. To- like I don't I don't know why, like Yeah. I mean, even I just I really liked that one. <laughs> even the emotion of like her first husband, because you learn like Obviously, like, the their agents always are trying to set people up. So they're like, hey, go have dinner with this guy. Mm-hmm. And, like, with her first husband, I believe it's – it might be her second husband. It might be when she's actually becoming a big star. Because her first so her, husband – Her so first husband was the one that she met got her. In, in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In New so, York. And then they went. And her second one was Don so, Adler. Yeah, so it's him, the second mm-hmm. husband. He – like, you see their relationship, how they're meeting, they're having their dinner – and then, like, they get married. And then you, like, at the end of the chapter, she's like, and that's when he starts hitting me. And you're like, what? Yeah. And you're just like, no. Like, you just were, like, ready for her to have, like, a, even even if you knew she has seven husbands and this is only the second, we got a long ways to go. I was like, come on. Yeah. It was just really sad. I don't know. I think the reason I liked the book so much is because of the husbands. I did not like the love story in the ending. And like you said, like the little mystery part at the end, like it was unnecessary, but I guess they had to like wrap in how she knew Monique and why she chose Monique. Um, And I think I even said when I finished it that I liked Daisy Jones better. Yeah, I think I, I like true like truly for me, Daisy Jones was a five star. And like mm-hmm. I said, this one was on the verge of being a low three star for me. Yeah. So I don't know. That one I'm glad you finally read it. I don't remember all the husbands again now. Like, thank you for reminding me. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to I can't remember what her first husband's name was. 
Yeah. Um, but then it was Don Adler. Was it Mick Reba? Was he the third? I don't know the order. I think he was the third, and then it was Rex North, and then Harry. I think Harry was the fifth. Celia's brother was the seventh. I can't remember who the sixth was. See, I thought he was the sixth. I thought the guy, um, who's the one that lived in France? Oh, he was he was the sixth. Okay, the one the, that the director, he, I forgot about yeah, him. Yeah, the one that she met really early on. He like helped revive her career yeah, after yeah, yeah, yeah. divorcing Don. Yeah. Um I thought he was before Harry for some reason. He could have been. But yeah, you I No, mean, he was he was after Harry because remember Harry was like, You're gonna be happier if you divorce me and go be with this guy. Because at that point, um I can't remember the Celia's husband. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The football player, I can't remember his mm-hmm. name, but he he had already died. Okay. No, yeah. Um, I forgot okay. about that guy. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Interesting. Um So, these are non-book related. But I started watching the thing about Pam. Okay. So good. I think Renee Zellweger is going to get nominated for this. That's I don't just know. A, a wild story. It's a wild story. And if you haven't watched it, it's basically like Keith Morrison still narrates the show. Mm-hmm. So he'll say some stuff. And then we'll actually see that stuff happening. So it's kind of like you're listening to the podcast, but now you get to see it in person. Um, Josh Dumel is in it. He plays the um, defense attorney. <laughs> and then Judy Greer plays the prosecutor. Oh, I didn't know she was in it. Yeah. So those are, they're all really good. Um, when I watch it, I forget that it's Renee Zellweger because it looks nothing like her. Yeah, really, they really. They did a really good job. Um I just, like you said, it's the craziest story. Like, I'm like, this cannot be real. I just remember listening to the podcast and being like, what? Well, and I think what bugs me is during the trial, and you get to see more of that, like, on the show, is, like, the judge would not even allow the defense to, like, bring up Pam as a potential suspect. She's like, there's no evidence that... Pam is a suspect. I was like, there's plenty. Last person to see her alive. Um, she's the name on the insurance. I was like, how? how is she not? So the judge, the judge shot down a lot of stuff that, again, because even in the show, they he has an alibi. He was like, I was at Arby's at this time. He has a receipt that shows it. All his friends were like, oh, yeah. I was eating fast food. Well, and all his friends, because he was playing poker at their house, like they're like, he was here at this time, he left, he picked up dog food, and he went to Arby's. They're like, there's not enough time. And during the closing, the prosecutor's like, and all of his friends that testified, they were in on this, and they set this all up and helped him. And I was like, you have no proof of any of that. Oops. It's just really infuriating how much the judge and the prosecutor got away with 
during this actual st- stuff and like turn the jurors into believing that this man killed his wife. Um, wrongful conviction stuff gets me. Yeah. Um, what's, I guess, fortunate for him, like most people that are wrongfully convicted are in prison for like 20 plus years before they even have a chance to get out. And I think he was only in prison for three years. And I say that lightly because that's still... You're in prison for three years. That's a long time. You're in prison when you shouldn't be even a yes, day. It's too exactly. long. Um, but it's fortunate how quickly it worked for him yeah. when some people are in prison for 20 plus years. Um, and some people die like in prison or are put oh, to yeah. death. Like. Yeah. Um, and then speaking of wrongful convictions... The new pod, the podcast I'm listening to is called Murderville. So I've seen that advertised. They did, was it one in Georgia and one in Texas? The new season is in Texas. It's in Huntsville, which is right north of Houston. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure Houston was involved in it. Um, like the agencies or whatever. I'm listening to the first one right now, the first season. Because the only reason I downloaded it was because the Houston one. But then I was like, wait, I kind of want to hear the... The Georgia one. The Georgia one. And so um, it's about... A woman was murdered. She was working at Taco Bell and she was murdered outside the Taco Bell. And um, the, there was really no eyewitnesses, but they interviewed somebody that was like, oh, I saw so-and-so like playing with a gun one time. And so like the police just like jumped on that. Um, and it wasn't even the same gun that murdered her. Oh, and, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so he's been in jail for... I think I think it's over 20 years that he's been in jail. And so, again, it's just very infuriating hearing that evidence. There isn't any um, that convicted. Yeah. And mo- most of the eyewitnesses have recanted their statements. Oh, OK. Makes yeah. Sense. And the DNA. I think there's DNA in this one. I might be getting this one confused with a different one. I'm not going to say it because now I'm getting confused maybe with another story. But I thought there was DNA in this one. Um, but yeah, I just, it's really infuriating to know that some of these people are convicted on eyewitness statements when we know that eyewitness statements are not the best. And so, and there's not much other evidence. Yeah. And like the gun that he did own was not the type of gun that killed her. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just really unfortunate. That's like, um, oh man, I'm blanking on his name. I was trying to look it up because another podcast I enjoy listening to, Sinisterhood, they did an episode on him. Angel, it's like in Florida. It seems like Angel, I think it's Florida. Um, well, they're also doing one on Sherry Papini right now, who is the woman who said she went out for a jog and was kidnapped and held captive by two hispanic women and blah blah blah. and they made the really good point of like this is how people get wrongfully convicted it's exactly how that's like it's it's just like the mom i can't think of her name but she went driving in the middle of the night with her three kids shot them all and then shot herself and said it was a black man that did it and so the entire that was um it's debbie downs right yes 
Okay, I thought it was, but I didn't. Yeah. She said it was a black man that did it. And um, if you watch the Dateline episode, or it might be the 2020, watch the episode with this and, like, the footage of her and how she's acting. It's so gross. It's so, like, even when she's, like, recreating, like, they have her in the car to show how she, like, got away and stuff, and she's just laughing and cutting up and stuff. And she's like, I think I got worse than what my kids did because they're dead and I'm still suffering. And I was like, okay, all right. Moron. Yeah. And, but it, again, she says this black man did it. So you have this whole community in fear that there's some black man coming looking. to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, I had the name wrong. It's not Angel. Don't know why I thought that. It's Clemente okay. Aguera. Um, Yes. And what is that story? So he was like, I got to get out of my hometown. Um, There's a lot of gang violence. I'm trying to like better my life, get away from all that. He moves to Florida um, and then shows up. I can't remember the full story, but I want to say it was like an elderly neighbor was found dead and he showed up and was like trying to like help to check on them, like being a a good person basically um and then he ended up basically wrong place wrong time he ended up being convicted of it even though there was dna and multiple confessions from other suspects and he's like last i checked he's still like fighting for for his release so okay again i think we haven't talked about this since since we recorded last we're talking about wrongful convictions the same thing um, Amanda Knox was in Lubbock a few weeks ago mm-hmm. to do a Q&A, like talk about her story and then do a Q&A kind of thing. And they did a live like Zoom. So um, someone that I used to work with sent me the Zoom link. And so I so I could listen to it. And it again, same thing. There was DNA of another person and the prosecutors got that guy to say, oh, yeah, Amanda, help me. It's just it's ridiculous. Like, they want their narrative to fit so much that they're willing to have people lie for them. Which is so which is so infuriating because it's like, at the end of the day, you've got, especially in, like, wrongful convictions for, like, murder cases or, like, rape cases, kidnapping. It's like, you've got the, the original victim. Mm-hmm. You've got the new person who didn't do it, who's mm-hmm. now a victim of the system. And then you still have the person who did it out there. Who's You still have a violent person out on the streets. And it's it's almost like people are so stubborn that they don't want to admit that they were wrong. Yes. Like, the important thing is to catch the person that did this. So if you realize at some point that this person did not fit your narrative, then we need to move on and stop trying to make it fit. It's like you have, like, a hundred different types of puzzles, and you're just putting puzzle pieces into all of them because you want them to fit so bad to make this beautiful picture, and it's not always going to work that way. Because wasn't it Michael Morton, the the guy who actually killed, I think her name was Christine Morton? Like, he went on to go kill another woman. So this whole time, you're dicking around with Michael Morton, who didn't do it, and the man who did do it went and killed somebody else. Yeah, like you're leaving them out. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's infuriating, like, to, like, listen to these stories. And the thing is, is there's so many of them. 
there's so many. Like there was a, I think it was a Dateline episode I was listening to, and this man, his daughter was murdered, and um, he called nine one one immediately when he found out. Um, but he's a religious man, so he's like, she's with the Lord now. Like he says that on the nine one one because he was like, there's nothing I can do. He knew she was dead, um, and. I forget how long they say he was in the interrogation room, um, but he denied, denied, was like, I did not kill her, I did not kill her. And um, I think they said over 600 times he said he did not, but he, they broke him down so much that he ended up confessing. Mm -hmm. And he confessed six times, but he said, I confessed those six times saying different ways I killed her with different weapons because I was like, they're going to know I'm lying about confessing because... They're going to check these weapons out in these ways and realize I didn't do it. Yeah. And they obviously they focused in on him. There was DNA of another another man. They found that man. But they again, their narrative was like, you let this man in because there was no sign of um, like entry, forced like entry. forced. Yeah, yeah, forced entry. Um, they even talked to a juror and he was like, well, no person would ever confess to killing their kids. And I was like, <sighs> And so he was found guilty. Um, they interviewed him in jail. And even with all that DNA, um, and he ended up dying in prison. And it yeah. was it was the saddest story because I was like, there's no way this man did this. There's no way. But listening to the jurors, you're like, this is their thought process is there is no way a man would. Which is, which is so sad knowing with the amount of examples out there of exactly. things like that happening, yes. of course, confessions. And, and, and they like, wouldn't. And that's still the prevailing thought. And the the defense had an expert to explain that, and the judge was not would not let it. He's like, we don't need to hear this. I was like, no, we absolutely do need to hear how many times false confessions happen and why they happen because you're allowed to be in interrogation room for forty eight hours with nothing, Mm -hmm. and you're being yelled at. Yeah. You absolutely should hear this. It's just like the five jogger, like the five men that confessed to killing that jogger in New York. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. There's so many stories about it. Yeah. And if Ooh. that's your only evidence, it is not good evidence. No, not at all. And it's so frustrating. But yeah. So that's what I'm listening to. Well, to pivot from that, yes. my only note for today, and maybe this will get you out of your reading slump. Okay. I was listening to a past episode where you said you and your mom were going to do a 24-hour read-a-thon. Oh, you really did bring that up, didn't you? I did. I did. It's my only note for today. <laughs> I thought your only note was seven husbands. I just assumed it was that. Well, I had kind of forgotten about seven husbands. <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed it was that. That's funny. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thank you, Lindsay. You're welcome. Why do you have to listen to past episodes? I'm just now getting over the sound of my voice. And even then, I'm not really over it. Well, I'm not over it at all. I'm not over mine. Um, uh-huh. That's great. That's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know Christmas would have been the perfect time. Yeah. I, I really think just... I really think New Year's Eve would have been a good one because it would have been yeah. like you take yeah. your nap, like you start at midnight. Mm-hmm. See, I think like if we're gonna if. We're going to do it now. We'd have to start, like, early on a Friday to get done early on a Saturday so that I could have, like, Sunday to recover. Yeah. Or, like, if we have a holiday coming up on Monday, so I have two days. Like, Memorial Mm -hmm. Day weekend would be 
um, a good one because again, we would have um, like that Monday to recover. Like we could start it at like 6 p.m. on a Friday and end at 6 p.m. on a Saturday and then just sleep through Sunday and have still Monday to recover. I just, I think it's a good idea, but I like sleep. Yeah, I think if I were to do it, I would have to, like, check myself into a hotel somewhere where it would be, like, quiet, yeah, nice, like, just a quiet, like, no empty space. And then, yeah. you know, you could be like, oh, I'm going to go... Like like a like a hotel where you'd be like I'm gonna go sit at the restaurant and the bar and go eat and yeah. read and then I'm gonna go to the pool and sit over here and mm-hmm. read. I'm gonna go, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna order some room service to wake mm-hmm. me up. Tell them I need like unlimited cups of coffee or whatever. <laughs> and take some pre workout just to get the, yeah. the hype just going. To, God, yeah. Oh man, maybe maybe this year. Ask me again at Christmas this year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Anything else? No, that was my note. Okay. Well, for having you you said you had some notes. Did we go over everything? I think so. It was Murderville. Um, the thing about Pam. I finished the selection and then I started Broken Monsters. Those were my four. I think that's all I had. Well, I'm hoping to finish. History of Wild Places this week. What is that about? Um, there is it's it opens up with this man who when he holds objects from a missing person, he gets like visions or flashbacks to where they were and kind of like their last moments. So he's helped solve some of these oh, these okay. disappearances. Um and then he gets asked by um a family of a children's book author like hey she went missing the last place she was seen was here can you go can you go find her and he stumbles upon this like reclusive group Mm -hmm. cult ish um and that's like where his vision of her was leading before she went missing and then he finds this place and then you come to find out he's gone missing and you jump to a different set of characters oh, who wow. are part of this, this little I've heard cult. I, so. I remember when this book came out, I didn't know what it was about, but I heard that the reviews were either like people loved it or people hated it. It wasn't like a very down the middle type of book. So my, my Goodreads from like the people on Goodreads, my friends who have read it, they've yes. been giving it between four and five stars. Okay. So like I said, like, I feel like, and I was like into that whole chapter of the guy like taking the little, the little book thing or whatever and like following her, like his vision of her, mm-hmm. or his memory of her. Um, but then just things got busy, hit a slump. So yeah, I'm going to try to finish that this weekend. I know, that's what I'm hoping I finish Broken Monsters this week since I'll be traveling. So I'm hoping that'll make it easier to finish. Mm. Or I'm just going to be tired and sleep on the plane. (laughs) I mean, it's valid. Yeah. All right. Anything else? No, I think, like I said, I only had my 24-hour readathon. 
Note. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, then Instagram is reading with celebs. Our Twitter is reading W celebs. It's pretty inactive on there, and that's all right. I always forget about Twitter. Um, I think we surpassed 800 followers, though, on Instagram, so thank you to everybody. Um, so please go give us a like, follow, subscribe, review, all of those fun things, and we will see you next week. All right. Happy reading. Bye, guys. Bye.